So I said to them, asses, fools, dogs, chef and bran, chef and bran, porridge after meat. Uh, They didn't Uh, understand because they hadn't studied Shakespeare. I see. Ah! (laughs) Hello, Christopher. Hello, Mattstopher. How the devil are you, you handsome swine? I'm okay because we finally made it. We made it to 2017. We're in the future. And the past. Uh, Well, yes, technically we've been in the past for the last three days. We're we're also, we'll be in the past tomorrow, but that will be today. Oh, will it? Who knows? Um, It will. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. My brain. Um, My brain is so hurt. Um, My brain is John Hurt. (laughs) I'm looking for. Um, So... (laughs) We start the year... With, well, later on, we're going to talk about what we enjoyed the most about last year. Because it was a shitter, but there were some good bits. And then what we're looking forward to most about this new, fresh, and shiny year. Which this new UK yeah, Which hasn't shit its pants just yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> although it won't probably won't take long. But, be, but first, a bit of news. A bit of news from New Year. Oh, I'll give you some. I'll give you some New Year's news music. Bit of some news. Oops. It's New Year's news live from the Big Damn Cast newsroom. First up tonight, Woody Harrelson for Star Wars. Apparently, famous actor is in talks to play Han Solo's famous mentor, who we don't know and has never been introduced before in the stories, in the new upcoming 2018 film, a Han Solo solo anthology, as yet untitled. <laughs> so for I those of us, those of us at home, not I know it might be a bit. <laughs> I was going to say for those of us at home, not smoking crack right now. What Matt just said is that uh, Woody Harrelson's been cast in this Han Solo Star Wars story solo flick. The solo um, Han Solo film at the solo Han Solo 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 as uh, as his mentor. As his mentor. What? He's as yet unnamed mentor. I can't. I mean, I don't know the old EU uh, well enough to think of anyone that that they might be bringing back into canon. Um, but if they want to put Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's that's the bit that gets me tickled in the pickle. Yeah, I don't care who he's playing. I'll just put him in the damn thing. That's fine by me. Big damn Harrelson. So yeah, I'm still. I'm still. After Rogue One being so good, I'm definitely more optimistic about the idea of Star Wars stories. Um, to use the capitalised sense. Da-da-da, um, capitalised. <laughs> the definite article of Star Wars stories. Um, but a Han Solo solo flick? Do we need it? I, well, I, we didn't need Rogue One, and it was great. <clears> so, whatever. This could be fun. If they have if they have a good story to tell, then it'll be worth it. So, I'll, I think I think we'll all be waiting to see a trailer before we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, I, and Donald Glover being Lando is just too perfect. So yes, um, I know. Though it has got Amelia Clark, <clears throat> so hopefully it'll escape the Clark curse. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Christ. Yes. Um, <laughs> it will be. It won't be a, a, a tangent member of the Amelia Clark cinematic universe 
of not great movies. She's in Game of Thrones. She must always make great decisions. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. No, fanboys. No. Um, No. Bad fanboys. Speaking of poor decisions, Ah. Jeff Johns. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He... Well, this isn't a poor decision, actually. This could be potentially quite interesting. Uh, he was tweeting on New Year's Day, slash New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, really, at least I would have New Year's Day. Um, about Should thing, all about... acquaintance be forgot as Jeff Johns does tweet? About, apparently, we've got another <laughs> DC TV series in development that's about the to be announced. Another one. So, on top of <clears throat> Arrow and Flash, and Legends, and Gotham, and Lucifer, and um, Supergoyle. Power, Powerless, and Supergirl. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Supergoyle. 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 It's Supergoyle. It's Supergoyle. Um, <laughs> apparently, there's another one that's about to be announced. Speculation begins now. I think Superman. I hope it is, because I really like Tyler Hunklin. Um, <laughs> even if I, even if I can't pronounce his name. Um, so, what on earth? That'd be great. Oh my god, that took me completely by surprise. I'd also like him to cancel, uh, cancel Batman, uh, cancel Batman, cancel. Well, yeah, cancel the Batman and cancel Gotham and do a Batman TV show, but they'll never do it because they're cowards. Oh, God. Cowards, I say! Oh, um, well, at least they've got faith in Tyler. <laughs> but the more interesting tweet... <laughs> the more interesting tweet... <laughs> Look, Matthew, I, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. Stop, I'm trying to do oh, serious so journalism sorry. reporting. I'm not. I'm, not I'm so sorry. Oh, that took um, me. <laughs> <laughs> and so did I. Um, <laughs> the, the more interesting uh, tweet that he put out was um, <laughs> him talking about writing comics again in 2017 with an image of Dr. Manhattan's forehead. <laughs> I was sure it's his forehead and not another head. It's definitely his forehead. It's, it's like the close-up of it with like his eyes and the atom <clears throat> on his on his forehead. Definitely no bellends involved. <laughs> um, That'll be the next teaser. <laughs> no bellends of any colour. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he's is he writing a Watchmen book? Although another interesting thing that's happening is DC is part of Rebirth are doing a Captain Atom miniseries. Now, for those who aren't up in their comics lore, Captain Atom is the Charlton Comics character that DC acquired when they acquired the Charlton Comics portfolio, who Dr. Manhattan is based on. And for those wondering what Dr. Manhattan's got to do with anything in the DC Universe, well, the recent DC Universe Rebirth relaunch, reboot, it's called Rebirth, it's also a relaunch, it's also a reboot. Um, it's really confusing. It's not. It's actually not confusing. It's not confusing to me, 52. Um, the recent DC Rebirth relaunch uh, implied... Oh, the re 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 re
Doctor Manhattan had been fucking with the DC universe, and that was why New Fifty Two was all fucked up. Um, and was using Pandora, who was part of the New Fifty Two, and was like supposed to be the woman who could put everything back and change it all in the first place. It was using her as a scapegoat, and she gets killed in like the the DC Universe Rebirth one shot in the same way that Rorschach does in at the end of Watchmen. Um, Batman finds the comedian's pin badge and he's in the Batcave for some reason. Things like there's little there's little things like that, and it ends with like the the the, the nothing ever ends quote from uh, from from Watchmen just before Doctor Manhattan leaves to go and create his own universe. Um, so it seems to be the implication that that Doctor Manhattan's been a sort of guiding hand, a, a sort of puppet master in the DC universe. Um, so that looks to be coming to a head next year. Although what form that will take, whether that will be a DC event, whether that'll be a Watchmen series, uh, we don't know. But it looks like Jeff Johns will be the one working on it. By Jingo. By Jingo Greaves. Um, and he may have more time because, there, yet again, there's more rumbles of trouble coming out of the, the Batman. The the Batman camp. Oh, God. What's um, happening now? So, Affleck's giving another interview with The Guardian. And he's... They've been talking about it. And both him and Joe Manganiello... Um... <laughs> Both him and Joe Manganiello have been talking about it shooting early this year, early 2017. Um, but then Affleck's like, um, he's in no hurry to do it. and But he's still not got a script. Right. So he's saying to The Guardian, he's like, the idea is I'm going to do it, but it's not a set thing. There's no script. If it doesn't come together in a way I think is really great, I'm not going to do it. Which I admire him for. I'm, I'll be honest. I think that's a, but, that's good. Like, what happens if Ben Affleck but, just turns around to DC and says, "Yeah, I'm not doing this Batman film." What happens then? Oh, they'll they'll give him enough money to convince him to shoot it, like as an actor, and they'll just make it anyway with someone else. I don't know if they will. You know, I don't. Do you, I don't. I, I think if he goes, I'm not doing it. Then it's not going to happen. Do you think he's, tra- do you think he's trying to call them? their bluff? No, I think he's just been like. <clears throat> I don't think he's. Dry, I don't think he's bluffing. I hope he's not bluffing because I respect oh. his integrity. If he, if he's not, if he is bluffing, I'm just like, well, why bother? Just do just do your thing. Oh no, I mean more in the sense that he's he's displeased with the movies they've made so far, and he's basically going, "You will wait for me because what you want to put into production is a lot of us. Yeah, and I will yeah, make yeah. a good film." <clears throat> but is I'm it ho- too late? Because it already it already exists in an already rather broken cinematic structure. Yeah, like can that's the problem I have with it is Yeah, like what uh, it's 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 being born into a already broken universe so like how do you fit like a lot of the things that i want to see out of a batman movie have kind of been contradicted or made or it's been made out that we're not going to get those by the by what we've seen of him in batman very superman things like you know the the death of jason todd and him being older retired batman so how many of his villains are still around oh we want to see the joker in a movie well guess what now we have to have jared leto and just i don't want to i don't that we're stuck with that now yeah um and it just seems like a shame to to put someone like Ben Affleck, who I really admire, um, 
because I've because I've, I've seen Gone Girl and I've seen his penis. Um, <laughs> oh, that's why you admire him. <laughs> um, to to put him in that position, it's kind of it feels like a kind of a waste because. I, I wasn't one of those people who, when Ben Affleck was cast, going, oh, and what are they doing? Cast Ben Affleck as Batman. You cast Ben Affleck as Batman at this point in his career, after everything he's done, and that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, oh, agreed. Um, I think I think our, both our reactions at the time were, oh, okay, all right, all right let's see. All right. Um, um, so. But yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. that, the, the Batman could go either way at this point, it seems. Um, and I don't know which I'd prefer. Would I prefer them to make it and it be shit, or prefer them to not make it at all and just have this what could have been idea of Ben Affleck? Because <clears throat> also, if he's writing and directing and starring, if he's starring as Batman in a Batman movie and trying to direct it at the same time, that's a lot of work. Oh, God, yeah. That's going to be a fucking ordeal. He's going to have to have really good assistant directors around him. Um, so it depends. So if he's bringing on his own crew, then he's going to probably bring on people he's worked with before. And, but then if DC, if Warner Brothers foist people on him... That could help. That could hurt it, I suppose. But something to think about, Christopher, as we head into the new year. Bye, Jingo. What would Batman do? Is the question I think we all need to ask. And and Ben Affleck's not the only one having second thoughts. Oh, sweet Jesus! No. Apparently, Hugh Jackman is is hesitant about his retirement. Oh, for God's sake! Because because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has been making noises about a Wolverine Deadpool movie. And Hugh, Hugh wants in. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's probably like, oh, that sounds really great, but I've just said I'm retiring. Uh, why, Ryan, why? <laughs> so there's a little bit of that going on. I'm going to find the quotes here. Yeah, I think had they um, not done Logan, like based on Old Man Logan, and they just done another Wolverine film, this would be easier to swallow because then he could go, "Oh, go on, I'll do one more." But yeah, this what he obviously wants it to be a swan song. So yeah. why would he? Why would he revert backwards? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the exact quote is, um, "He's following Ryan Reynolds' public overtures for a Deadpool Wolverine team-up movie. He's hesitating about his impending retirement." Uh, I'm hesitating," said Jackman, "because I could totally see how that's the perfect fit." but the timing may be wrong. <clears throat> Gosh darn it. He's basically saying, Ryan, Ryan, I wish I could. But I can't. But I've already said bye. <laughs> I can't because I'm 48 years old and they expect me to get in some shredded shape for this movie for some reason because apparently now Wolverine has to be chiselled out of iron and steel, even though he's never been that. <laughs> he's never been buffing, apart from... I mean, Jackman, some, basically. I mean, some artists draw in buffing, but that's because it, that's because it's their styles and they draw everyone like that. But he's not. He's not a sex machine, is Wolverine? No, he's, he's a four. He's a four foot eight, really hairy Canadian troll man. He's a, yeah, he's a short, angry, hairy Canadian. Um, uh, he's only become attractive since Hugh Jackman started playing him in the movies. Uh, that's the thing about Wolverine. A self-fulfilling um, prophecy. Indeed, indeed. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I I just hope whether or not Hugh Jackman does another Wolverine, I kind of hope he doesn't because I want to see another version of that character. Um, because I like Hugh Jackman, but I think he I don't I don't know if I like any of the X Men movies that much. Like really, and the solo Wolverine movie, oh, uh, the the one I've seen was dog shit. Um, and I've not seen the Wolverine. I thought Logan looks interesting. 
and I hope it's good. And then if that's good, then just leave it because you've done, you've done seven, <laughs> done seven, eight if you count his cameo in Apocalypse, nine if you count his cameo in First Class. <laughs> like, let it go, let it go, Hugh, let it go. Um, I think they should let that franchise go. To be honest, but yeah, I th- I they're think- never gonna because people go keep seeing him. I think Fox should just be bold and think courageous enough to create an original action adventure sci-fi franchise and run with that. That's completely theirs and they don't have to share the profit with anyone. Blah, 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 blah. blah. But they won't. As long as Marvel are making money and as long as DC are going to keep trying to compete with the you know their Warner stuff, Fox are going to keep making X-Men movies. They're never going to go away. Yeah. Sadly. Uh, now, mm-hmm. that su- now that the superhero bubble is um, is here, it's never going to... Until it bursts, Fox are going to want a piece of that pie. Um, <clears throat> Bye, Jingo. Yeah, it's going to keep It's going to keep going. It's, gonna, it's a juggernaut, Christopher. It's a juggernaut. It's the juggernaut, bitch. Oh, that was so bad, wasn't it? The internet. Oh, no. Well... You know what else was bad, Chris? Fucking 2016. It was bad. 2016 was a bitch's tits. It was a shit-awful year. It was a witch's nips. But. It was a carrion... Oh, sorry, yes. (laughs) But. There was some good stuff in it. What? I'm still hit by the haze of bad. Surely not, sir. Christopher, tell me. Tell me about your favourite bits of 2016, and I shall share with you mine. Well, I think in a year of utter hell in a handbasket, escapism was very important. Yes, there Um, was some excellent entertainment this year, which helped helped numb the pain (laughs) of it just being a shit-awful, horrible reality ensues year. Indeed. Where everyone turned out to be bastards. Bastards. Now, January didn't do too much to uh, curb our enthusiasm. Well, no, it did a lot to curb our enthusiasm. Um, but then February delivered us a Valentine's present that seemed to make the whole world smile. Um, and it may be the only good X-Men movie. 2016 gave us Deadpool. Yeah. And for that, I am eternally grateful. I am forever grateful to you, Ryan Reynolds. Not necessarily Fox, but possibly Fox also. I'm forever grateful to you for giving us the gift of Deadpool in 2016. It was wonderful, and I was really uh, expect. I was reluctant about it on seeing all the trailers until five seconds into the film, and then I had a big grin on my face the whole way through, and have done on the many times I've rewatched it since its release on Blu-ray. Yes, that's my, that's my opinion of, uh, of Deadpool. Your opinion is voiced by a 1940s radio announcer. Aren't, aren't they all? Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, I just, I adored it. Tim Miller and Rhett Reese and uh, Paul Wenrick and, and Ryan Reynolds brought us something that, due to the lack of studio tampering on the creative side of things, perfectly encapsulated why this character is beloved by at least the same portion of his fan base. Um, yeah, well, yeah, oh God. I mean, if there is a sequence in the sequel where he's running around convention centers offering free hugs, I will leave. But, um, yeah, 
it, it they were left to their own devices with little money, which got littler as the production went on. And they managed to craft an hour and a half, again, a movie length that we rarely see nowadays, a bloody hour and a half and a bit of change, motion picture that told the story, was pretty damn great from start to finish, served to satirically mock the genre that it is riding in on the coattails of, and at the same time fit right in. And be a damn good Valentine's Day movie as well. Yeah, happy It was a great Valentine's movie, it was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> was, oh god the pegging scene the only superhero movie with a pegging scene oh amazing yes. oh god it was just great and enough knowing nods to the shit decisions Fox had made before and some damn good casting throughout yeah and like yeah. It, it, it openly admitting that this is the first movie the villain's not the focus so we will mock Ed Screen's you know like a British villain but then at the same time he still plays it with so much boo hiss that you so actually... much screen. Oh, he's great. He's horrible, isn't he? He's he's mm. brilliant in it. Uh, and you know, you, just, you, you get like Gina Carano, um, basically making us all go. I mean, yeah, her Wonder Woman would have been pretty interesting. Yep. Um, yep. you've got freaking like Captain America esque, you know, driven by moral CGI Colossus and Morena Baccarin, which is never a bad thing, and T.J. Miller and Leslie Uggams. It was just. It's just pretty damn great from start to finish. Blind Al is in a movie. Yeah. Blind Al. Blind Al is in a film. (laughs) Thank you, Reynolds and and co, for bringing us the beauty that is Deadpool. That was, I think that was my first in terms of big damn loves for last year. Deadpool definitely, like, sort of put me in a nice positive vibe as the year kicked off. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good shout. Um, what did I love about last year? I'm not going to go in month order because my memory's not that good. Um, <laughs> and I don't have shit written down. But, because uh, <laughs> that's for losers. Um, <laughs> I Things I was blown away by last year. Um, things I was blown away by last year definitely include this little out of nowhere strange... Uh, <laughs> Netflix series um, <laughs> that just arrived with no fanfare, no buzz that I saw, and then everyone was talking about it suddenly. So I watched Stranger Things, and Jesus, it was good. Like it was freaking beautiful. Is what like, it was. It just it plugged into a nostalgia that I have for a time that I didn't really live in, for a place that I didn't really live in, but the. Um, the feel of which was such an influence on my childhood through movies and toys and such because I had you know a lot of hand-me-down 80s toys I was like watched Spielberg stuff like E.T. I read a lot of like like 80s Stephen King when I was a teenager so it all fed into that it it wasn't pandering but it just it took it tickled my brain at the back and just sort of gave me everything that I wanted that I didn't really know that I wanted um and also the probably the best child cast I've ever seen on TV. Just oh god, the yeah. most incredible child cast. <clears throat> um, with great, you know, great writing, great characters. Um, it's a nice tight series, eight episodes in and out. Um, or was it ten? It was ten. It was ten. Ten episodes in and out. Still. Oh, hang on, hang on. No, I think it might have been eight. Actually, I think you're right. Because it was the, it was it definitely didn't suffer from the Marvel bloat problem. The, the Marvel Netflix stuff kind of 
does a little bit around the 10 episode mark. Um, which, to be fair, doesn't actually bother me that much. But it is there. You can't deny yeah. it. Right. Um, but Stranger Things was really tight. And it just it flew along. And it told a really interesting story. Wrapped enough of it up. But still left you enough questions for the second series. Um, which they weren't sure they were going to get. But... Um, it left enough open for me to be like, yeah, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of this. I just hope it's as good. Um, but I can, yeah, if you haven't seen Stranger Things yet, you really need to, to get on it because it is a great show. Um, there's just so much to love about it. All the performances, the setting, everything. It's it's really good. And you should. And it's one of my favourite things of this year. Um, as, a l- as a little treat to get you you're salivating for the next one. Oh, yes. Um, have you read the episode titles for the second season? They're in the um, they're in the trailer for the second. They're in the announcement trailer for the second season. Indeed, they do. They have they have said that they might change um, based on certain things they don't want us to know yet that we might figure out from the titles. Yeah, but currently they are Mad Max, the boy who came back to life, the pumpkin patch, the palace, the storm, the polywog, the secret cabin, the brain. And the Lost Brother. Um, already, they all sound like Stephen King short stories. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Apart from Mad Max, which just sounds like Mad Max, and, po- and Pollywog, which sounds like a Red Dwarf episode. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> the Pollywog, Polymorph Three, uh, or Four, or Four. Spoiler alert for season eleven. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Stranger Things is pretty damn spectacular. Keeping on the Netflix bent, if we're going to thank 2016 for some beautiful things. Luke Cage, man. Oh, Luke Cage. Oh, my life. Oh, that that series was... It was just... It was so beefy. I mean, baby, I like it raw, but, you know, just... It was... It was beautiful. It was was a cultural explosion in 13 episodes. Yeah. Like, it it wasn't just a superhero show. It was... It was a show about Harlem, and it was just so well done. Like Mike Coulter leading it and being a damn charismatic leading man that we got nice hints of last year in Jessica Jones. Yeah, how is that guy not in more movies? Like, because Jesus. <clears throat> I know, right? He's oozing charisma. As of, um, as of this week, gentle listeners, our most downloaded and listened to episodes of Big Damn Cast are the Moana and the Second Renaissance episode from the other week and the Luke Cage episode we did. And I'm still to this day trying to figure out if it's because A, we're charismatic bastards talking about a charismatic man. Oh, it's definitely that one. B, people wanted to listen to some northern nutters talk about the series at length. It's definitely not that one. Or C, the thumbnail had Mike Coulter in it and man, we would all go cook coffee with him. Oh, that's, it's probably that one actually, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's probably, probably that, one. that one. Which yeah, means that oh. we, which means that Maui is the uh, second sexiest icon from our thumbnails this yep. year. There we go. <laughs> So people Se- want to do CGI rock and Mike Coulter. Se- certainly sexier than Harley Quinn. Oh, God, absolutely. Um, or as I were- call her, the Joker's girlfriend. Uh, evil evil cheerleader, as I've seen <laughs> one of her Halloween, co- Halloween costumes labelled. Oh, that sums it up beautifully, doesn't it? <laughs> evil oh cheerleader. Gosh. It's not as quite as bad as Juice Demon, but it's... Uh, <laughs> Juice Demon, it's, that's it's great. A, it's a great copyright avoiding um, name. Evil cheerleader. And while we're at it, let's stick uh, Frank Castle and Matt Murdock in there too. Season two of Daredevil was a pretty damn good highlight of the year as well. Shit, was that this year? That was 2016, my brother. 
I had it in my head that that was last year. No, no, no. Last year was Daredevil. Oh, and Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Yeah. Okay. This year was Daredevil slash The Punisher slash Elektra and Luke Cage. Yeah, it's because it was so early on. It was March. Yeah. Um, but it kicked the year off right in terms of the uh, the Marvel Netflix output. Uh, with with a with a series that was sort of unlike the previous one, this one was kind of divided into almost three smaller story arcs. Yeah, like every four yeah, or five yeah. episodes were its own kind of thing. Um, and damn, it was great. We got a bit more D'Onofrio's Kingpin, and uh, a damn fantastic version of Frank Castle. Yeah, and, I probably I definitely the best on screen version of, of Punisher. I've seen. <clears throat> oh yeah, and I've, and I've seen them all. And Karen, and Karen Page sort of becoming my favourite character of the Netflix shows a bit, yeah. actually, by season two of Daredevil. And her, she's going to pop up in, in Punisher as well, so yes. that should be fairly yeah. interesting. be interesting to see where that goes. Um, by Jingo Greaves, sir. By uh, Jingo Jiminy Greaves. Yeah, Daredevil. It was been a strong year for the net, for the Marvel Netflix stuff. It's been a really strong year for Netflix stuff in general, because it's... Um, I think this is probably the... I think this is the first year where they've made good on that promise of having a new series every month. Yeah, oh shit, so um, I don't know. Because yeah. I, I, I'll log on there and there's something new from it as a Netflix original every single time I log on, it feels like. Um, what if I, not, I've not watched half of it, but I hear interesting, if not brilliant, stuff about all of it. Yeah. Um, I, I've watched a little bit of The Expanse and that seemed pretty good, although I d- didn't follow on with it. I watched a little bit of The OA, which was seemed interesting, but a little... Um, a little obtuse for my tastes. Um, there's an original little movie on there called Spectral, which is a decent like sci-fi action movie that was basically dropped by the studio during production. And Netflix picked it up and finished it off, and was, it's, that's pretty good fun. Um, it gave Amanda. us a, it gave us a bunch of shows from American TV that didn't have networks over here in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah. And Netflix started buying up things like Dirk Gently and other programs where they would they would co-invest with them a bit. So that they would be the platform for worldwide distribution. Yeah. Which is yeah. fantastic. And also stand-up specials. There's always like another stand-up special every month as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pumping them out. So it's really becoming... Um, <clears throat> it's really becoming an interesting uh, platform for new content. Which is kind of what they've always... Well, they've been talking about for the last few years. And I feel like it's really blossomed this year. Aye. Aye. So, so that's been good. Bye, Jingo. Um, <laughs> Do you know what else is pretty damn sweet this year? What else is pretty damn sweet? A little movie that we didn't even really know existed till a couple of weeks before in the in the, uh, the the wonderful name Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, we had no freaking clue that was happening. Do you, do you remember just finding out and then like three weeks later, oh, it's out now? Yeah, I've seen the trailer being like, this looks awesome. <laughs> I can go and see it when? Alright, I'm going to go see it. It was amazing. Like, just snuck up out of nowhere. It was wonderful. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Because for, for ages it was working under a different title. I can't remember what it was called. Oh yeah, it was called The Cellar. Um, I think that was the short film it was originally a script for that then developed into this movie. And for ages we knew that it was coming out. And then suddenly, boom! There it is. Hi everybody. Hi. Here's... The cellar slash ten Cloverfield Lane. It's got nothing to do with Cloverfield, but it has because it's called Ta- ten Cloverfield Lane. Tangentially, in a way, sort of, kind of, yeah. And yeah. there is a there is another on the way. There is another film within the um, 
thingy uh, called God Particle. Hmm. Which is the third instalment that's coming out in October of this year. Uh, and the basis for that is a team of astronauts aboard a space station find themselves alone after a scientific experiment causes Earth to disappear. When a space shuttle appears, the crew must fight for survival following the discovery. Um, they've, they've confirmed that it is indeed part of the Cloverfield films. And Daniel Bruhl is the main uh, performer and main actor. Oh, I do like Daniel Bruhl. You do like a bit of Daniel Bruhl, don't you, by Jingo? Yeah, a bit of Daniel Creme Bruhl, eh? Oh, mince! Oh, it's shit business. Um... <laughs> so, yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane came out of nowhere and smacked us right across the face with its it big did. meaty cock. It smacked me right across the face. You know what else came out of nowhere and <clears throat> smacked me right across the face with its big meaty cock? Oh, go on, baby cakes. Doom! <gasps> oh, hit me. I did not play... Hit me, Doom Slayer! <laughs> I, did lo- I did not play a lot of new video games this year. Um, I've just not had the time or the money or the inclination to play a lot of the big new releases this year, particularly in the back half of it. But there was just so much positive buzz surrounding Doom when it came out. And it was such a U-turn from the pre-release buzz. Like, they had um, that multiplayer beta that came out that a lot of the everyone was really lukewarm on if not, like, outwardly, actually negative. And so I was like, well, well fine. And then the game came out. Bethesda didn't send out any advanced review copies to the which press. Which is always, is always a warning sign. Yeah, which is always a warning sign. But they've, they've now adop- they've since adopted that as, as their new policy, to only send copies to the press a day in advance of the game's release. So you're not going to get honest, considered reviews from press outlets on the day of release for Bethesda games. But they're sending advanced copies out to enthusiastic YouTubers so they can get the word out. Word out. Release. So I think I guess that tells you what the um, what the game's industry think of the games press. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, Clearly not enough Mountain Dew or uh, Doritos no, promotions then. Not enough. <laughs> but that I, I, I picked up that game and I play, I've still not finished it. I, I, played a, I played a bit more again last night. It's just the campaign and that. Like, don't bother with the with the multiplayer. It's not important. It wasn't even made by the same team as the campaign. But the campaign is tight and slick, brutal, violent, fast, funny, characterful. Um, it it do, it just slaps you around the face. Like the first five minutes of that game, you wake up in a sarcophagus, naked and chained down. You kill a demon, you jump out the sarcophagus, still naked, you grab a gun, you shoot a bunch of demons, you find your armor in a sarcophagus. You're, you're playing all this, by the way, this isn't a cutscene. It literally jumps you straight into it. You, you find your armor in another sarcophagus, enshrined by candles, you put it on, you kill a shitload of demons, you make it to an elevator out to the surface of Mars, the title screen hits, Metal Song plays, and you cock your shotgun in time with the last beat of the metal song and walk out onto the Martian surface. It is ridiculous. <laughs> and it's it's so self-aware about what it is. And it's so knowing. And um, y- your protagonist doesn't speak. But the way his body language and the way, even though you're in first person, the way he interacts with the environment just tells you everything you need to know about him. He's like just sheer lack of of patience for all this demonic bullshit <laughs> and you've got a, you've got a guy 
you've got a guy trying to guide you through and and solve everything and you know fix all this stuff and he's like oh well you know you can't we've got to shut this thing down uh, properly or else it could uh, else it could explode and cause uh and, and cause chain reaction we don't want to do that we, we, might, we might need to reactivate it later when we get everything working and your character's just like nope and just breaks the shit out of this generator so it just punches <laughs> it breaks it apart he's trying to brief you over a over a intercom so you just break the intercom <laughs> things like that it's you just complete district just I, I don't care I don't care about any of this shit don't care don't care just want to kill demons. Just want to kill demons. All I want to do is kill demons. Demons there? Right, I have to kill those demons. Kill all the demons. Kill them. Just kill the demons. That's all I need to do. Just kill the demons. <laughs> Sorry, what do you need to do? It needs to kill the demons. Ah, I see. As the beginning, as, as the uh, the opening line of the game is, oh, to paraphrase the opening line of the game, rip and tear until it is done. Damn. <laughs> like, it's just... And you do. I mean, talk, you... About, talk about a declarative mission statement at the very top. You rip and you tear. <laughs> you do both of those things. Um, yeah, it's fucking great. Doom. There's a lot, of, a lot of good games came out this year, but not as not many of them that I had the chance to play. Sadly, but Doom was something special. Yeah. Bye, Jingo. Uh, if we're gonna go on something special uh, and also uh, full of bloodlust and violence. The Jungle Brook was surprisingly a pretty decent adaptation this year. Yes, I had I had the pleasure of watching this a couple of weeks ago, finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I especially like the scene where Mowgli uh, grabs a rifle and just blows the shit out of a load of demons. Yeah, just goes... Um, yeah, just, just goes mad. Um, how, genuinely, it, how visually... It's, it's gorgeous, isn't it? It is a wonderful-looking film. Like, um, I, I think the reason that's why it sort of fell away from our usual kind of, you know... Oh, it's a freaking remake again. Why? What's the point? In the this time, it was hey, guess what? This story's been told a lot, but it's never looked this fucking good before. True enough. True enough. Because there is no adaptation of those books in whatever form, be it the overtly friendly, very loose Disney version, or you know, be it any of the, like the nineteen forties and thirties versions. None of them have ever really made you feel like you're in the goddamn jungle. This one definitely does. Like, it's all-encompassing. It surrounds your vision. It's a and, real... And it's... Sorry, go on. No, 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 go on, go on, go on. Uh, I was just going to say, it's a real nice <laughs> balance of realism with the visuals and fantasy. Yeah. In the, the, in the, in the, the, the <clears throat> humanisation of the animals. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, talk they... and they sing, yeah. but they look big. They look imposing. They look like wild beasts. Yeah, uh, and 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 they look dangerous. They look like <clears throat> if you happen to leap into the screen, you'd be about three seconds away from being killed. Even Baloo gets a chance to look dangerous. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Baloo's entrance, like you know, no spoilers for those who haven't seen it yet. But like Baloo's entrance is like, oh shit, son. Oh shit, you bold as fuck. Um. So yeah, <clears throat> but um, the best bit for me. The bit that reassured me that we're in for a good time was at the very beginning. And it's when we went through the new Disney logo, the you know, the big castle one that we've had for the last few years, the CGI yeah. one. And then the camera just kept pulling back. And the music from the 1967 original started. And the trees appear in vision. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like talk like talk about going. talk about just going. Welcome to the new version, Mother Truckers. It was just like yes, 
It was so good. I mean, Neil Sethy was excellent. Like, for a child actor to be the only on-screen character... Oh, God, yeah. It's been a killer year for child performances this year. Absolutely killer year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Between this and Stranger Things alone, it's already outgrossed most most other years for impressive child performances. Yeah, yeah. But, like, considering this was just him, a massive blue room, bits of set, bits of rock, the occasional bit of fur or scales or something for him to interact with, and Jon Favreau just painting the picture for him. His performance is excellent in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's really good. Like, we're not saying that he's on, you know, he's like an Oscar level yet, but if this is how he is at, like, age 10, he's going to do really bloody well going forwards. I think so, yeah. And I'm interested to see what the follow-up's going to be like. Because they they are doing a follow-up to this one, and they start shooting it, I believe, uh, toward the end of this year. Um, Is that before or after John Favreau's done his... Improbable sounding live action Lion King. I think it'll be um, toward the end of Enduring um, because you could literally do it in two separate sound stages back to back. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you actually don't even have to have any real people for the Lion King, so. And that one's such an odd choice, but. I just you know, don't I... know why. They, I just don't know how or why they're going to do that in live action, but whatever. Whatever. Or well, the same reason that they want to do a, a genie prequel. For Aladdin, it's like, oh, no. Oh, fuck off. Hang on, if you did a genie prequel, it'd be set 10,000 years ago. Because that's how long he's been in the lamp. So, they'd just be like, what, rocks? <laughs> Not in the new Disney canon, Chris. <laughs> Fair enough. Genie's an unreliable narrator. <clears throat> that's true. Is he, the, is he the peddler at the beginning? Yes, in one reality, where that was the cut of the film they were going to use. Why um, I, Why would you do a genie movie without Robin Williams? Doesn't make any ruddy sense. Don't do it. Like, you're not going to replace him. I, no. I mean, fair enough, the stage version's doing... Of course, the stage version is his own thing. So you don't, you're not... You don't need to be beholden to the Robin Williams interpretation. But for film, especially if it's animated, I mean, I know Dan Castellaneta stepped in and did some it when um, when Robbie Williams was angry at Disney for the way they for the way they. Um, uh, I'll, do it, I'll, I'll do it if you don't put me all over the posters. And his name was ninety percent of the freaking yeah, poster. Exactly. Um, oh, God. So, but. Yeah, just why? Why? Because there's no reason for you to do a Because G- that the joy of that character from that film is the Robin Williams performance, not yeah. the character. So, yes. why make a prequel without it? See, that's the thing. It's it's best for most things <clears throat> to have a definitive end. Segway, including our another thing I know we both adored about 2016. Which, which the end of a story and the end of a franchise and the last we'll see of a character, but at the same time became the first must-have title for the PlayStation 4. And that was Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Yeah! 2016 gave us the final Nathan Drake story and it was a fucking doozy. Yeah, great game. I mean, Naughty Dog have been pushing the envelope for years in performance capture in video games and allowing actors' performances to come through in something interactive. And Uncharted 4 broke only a couple of years after The Last of Us. Yeah, like if it, I think when Uncharted I, came out, The Last of Us felt like that was them sort of going, right, we're going to make our really weird experimental thing now and see yeah. how it goes. And it worked so well, so they came back to the Nathan Drake story to do a victory lap and wrap everything up. Oh, just, boy, oh, did they. Like the, 
the, the performances in that game and the writing are absolutely top notch. And the technology allows the performances to come through in a way that they haven't before, even in The Last of Us, which broke serious ground in that regard. Um, and the original Uncharted games did as well. Like you can you can see the development of that through the whole series, um, and it really culminates in Uncharted Four. And the story they tell is, uh, it's, it's 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 more personal than the other games, and it takes yeah. the the. Um, the bombast down a little bit, but it still managed to be exciting. But it's not about. It's. Not, it's. A, I think it's the first Uncharted game to not be about the treasure. Really, it's about the journey to get it. It's also the first one that focused, like you said, on the personal stuff above all else. Yeah. Uh, we see Nate's relationships develop and start within the previous three games, uh, with like Elena, for example, and you know, like sort of how far uh, Sully will go and everything. But it's um, relatively superficial, but, like a Hollywood movie is. Yeah. Whereas in this this one, I mean, completely stripped bare. It was just treasure hunter, brother, reconciling, fighting other treasure hunters. Full stop. Like there was no big supernatural climax no. to it. There was no. And here's the twist. Like, but also, that, it's also the, the first one, isn't it, to not have a big twist toward the yeah, end. Yeah. Exactly. And also, the treasure hunt isn't even the main. Uh, it's 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 what moves the plot forward, but it's not the main focus. The main focus is the relationships. Yeah, between Nate and Sam. Between Nate and Sam and, and Elena. And Elena. Like, yeah, yeah. And so um, it, it's yeah, it, and it's it's just interesting that a game can do that and still be a great action game in 2016. Plus, it works really well as its own solo title too. Like you, it, it's it's a delicious payoff for those who've played the series. Yeah. But you could just go into this one and have a yeah. damn good time without knowing it, a single thing about the rest of it. It does a good enough job of, of providing context for you to understand what um, what's going on without having played any of the games. Although yeah. it's easy for me to say that because I've played all the other games, but it's, it's difficult for me to have that to not have that knowledge, but I feel like it would be easy enough to come into it and just go, oh, oh okay. yeah. <clears throat> I had a passing familiarity with the previous three. I'd never played them at that point, and I played four first, and I was just like, this is incredible. Yeah, it's brilliant. And, and I've since gone back to play the other titles, because I'm like, yes, I want to fill the gaps. Fill the gaps, mother lovers. Fill the gaps. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, really quickly as well, while we're, on, while we're on the world of PlayStation, just a very quick nod toward Ratchet and Clank for absolutely freaking nailing the action platformer this year. Yeah, I haven't played this, but my girlfriend has, 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 has played a great deal of it. Um, but it looks great. I, I had like, I had three days without any work or job or employment or anything. I borrowed it off my brother. I platinumed it. I barely slept. Amazing. It was just, I was like, I'm Amazing. enjoying this that much that I'm going to play through it again immediately and try and get me some more trophies. It's great. It is so good. And again, mm-hmm. like... I wouldn't recommend Uncharted to say younger PlayStation owners, but I'd certainly bloody recommend Ratchet and Clank. Oh yeah, it looks like a real kid from the game because it's also <clears throat> it's also in tandem with that <clears throat> movie that came out that no one liked. Um, yeah, that was kind of pointless. They're the same thing. <laughs> they're, like the 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 game is a game version of that movie, which is a but, and they're both a retelling of the first game. Yeah, the the, the movie um, is a the movie is a cinematic version of, slash retelling of the original game, and the game, the new one is a game that's a, a retelling of the original game through the um, narrative told by Captain Quark. So it acknowledges that 
things might be different from the original game because he's retelling the story. Yeah. But at the same time, it also openly acknowledges that perhaps there's another version of this story, maybe in a movie format somewhere. Perhaps. So, like, the game, like, is openly taking the piss out of the fact that there is about five versions of this. There's also another version of this story, which is an early PlayStation 2 game, and it's really difficult to go back to and play. It is, it is. But it's really cheap on the PSN, so I might end up putting the trilogy on my um, PS Vita. Like the, 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 Yeah, I've done that. I, 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 uh, I would recommend playing the first one on PS3 instead, because the sticks on the Vita are a little fiddly for some of the stuff you have to do in the first one. The yeah. second one's a lot better. I've not tried the third one yet. I told but, you that um, I told you that I got a Vita, didn't I? I've just realised I might not have told you. You didn't tell me that you got a Vita. I bought one second hand in Lincoln for like 120 yes. quid. I, I heard like, yes. I heard that you got a Vita, but you didn't tell me. Um, I've got yeah, golden abyss. I've got golden abyss for it and Crash Team Racing already installed because I'm not insane. Come on. Golden Abyss is great. Also, <clears> um <throat> You need to get Persona 4 Golden. Because okay. that is that is the reason to own a Vita. Like, I don't know if you're big on JRPGs, but it's it's the best game on the Vita, hands down. It's What's called amazing. Again? Persona Four Golden. Okay, I will look into that. By Jingo, it's you it's handsome very, man. Very good. It's very good. It's Japanese as fuck, but in the best <laughs> possible way. Um, and also has a try bike performance in it, so enjoy that. Um, Yay! <laughs> yes. I, uh, before we move on from the land of video games. Uh, the last video gaming thing I want to mention from 2016 uh, is, of course, Pokemon Moon. And Sun, hey! if you've got Sun. Uh, Pokemon Moon is fabulous. It's a great development for the series. A great jumping on point for new players. Um, lots of little quality of life things uh, that make it uh, a lot more user-friendly. It's got some great new monsters, some great new twists on old monsters. It's just a really solid... Um, enjoyable Pokemon game. Probably the best storyline there's been in a Pokemon game. Um, they go for something... That it's, it's still kid-friendly and, and accessible, but they go for something a little deeper than they have been before. Certainly a lot better than X and Y story. Um, it's... Yeah, it's just really cool. It's a really fun world to explore. It's based on the Hawaii... The new Alola region is based on the Hawaiian Islands, so it's a, le- it's a lot less linear. Uh, it's a lot less... Um, urbanized it's more it's more rural it's less structured it is it, it, still you're still making a journey through the region but it's less all right go down this route to the next <clears> town and then fight the gym leader there then go down this route and through this cave to the next town and to go fight the gym leader there there's no gym leaders um they've restructured it so you have trials on each island that uh, involve you doing different things and then you'll each island has a kahuna who you'll fight to to show your dominance and then of course it's a Pokemon League at the end but it's a slightly different twist on it and it's also a different twist on it once you beat the Pokemon League in the post game stuff and you rematch them uh, which makes things a little more interesting um, yeah it's a gorgeous game it's probably going to be the swan song for the 3DS because the Switch is out next year in March I think and there's rumblings that the third version of this so Pokemon Star, it's rumored to be called, which is which will fit in with like Emerald to Ruby and Sapphire, Platinum to Diamond and Pearl, etc., etc. Um, rumors are that's going to be a Switch game, so this might be the swan song for the 3DS. But it's a great, great game, and, and certainly, uh, certainly, uh, I think my favorite Pokemon game since Ruby and Sapphire, the original Ruby and Sapphire, X and Y were very good. 
Um, but this is better than X and Y. And Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are great remakes of, of the original Alpha, uh, Ruby and Sapphire with the X and Y engine. Uh, but exploring this region gave me a lot of the same feel because Ruby and Sapphire were the first Pokemon games I really delved into like the mechanics of it. So we're getting a lot of the same feeling exploring this new region and delving into those mechanics as I did with the original Ruby and Sapphire. So yeah, Sun and Moon are great. If you have a 3DS, give them a go because um, this might be the last re- last really good game on it. Damn. By Jingo. Yeah. What a weird thought. Yeah, it is. It is because I've literally just bought a new 3DS. So, <laughs> and the Switch is out in March. So that's going to be a thing. And I, if there is a Pokemon game on the Switch, then I'm going to have to get the Switch. So there we go. But that's po- a thought for another day. Pokemon Switch. Turn it over and turn around now. No, that's a song. Everyone's already forgotten. Um, okay. <laughs> um, whilst don't, we're... Don't know what you're saying. <clears throat> Terrible things, my friend. Terrible things. Uh, now, whilst we're dipping our big old cocks back into 2016... Dipping our wicks! Here's, here's an odd one. Here, here, this, is, this might be a personal one, but I've got to say... Um, I've not seen the movie Trolls. I don't necessarily have a desire to see the movie Trolls, but I'll be damned if that Justin Timberlake song Can't Stop the Feeling <laughs> isn't one of the catchiest bloody earworms I've heard this year. Can't Stop the Feeling! Indeed. It is still playing on the radio at the minute. It's still playing everywhere you bloody go. A bunch of pantos have incorporated it this year. Spoilers. Um, and good God, is it catchy. And I really... You know when you just hear a song and you go... I'm in a really good mood now. I'm in a really good mood. Well, God damn it, Timberlake. You've done it again, you swine. Stop it, Justin. Stop it. Get your finger out my bum. So, yeah, there's that. If um, you want to talk about music, there's some good albums that came out this year. <clears throat> hit me, boy. Hit me. Um, Magma by Gajira. Um, the new Metallica album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Yes. Um, other things as well. <laughs> that I can't bring to mind. Did Black Peaks come out this year? I think Black Peaks came out last year. I think Black Peaks and Milk Teeth both came out last year, but they're they're great albums. Um, I'm going to check because I'm curious. Um, <laughs> no, Statues. <laughs> sta- oh. Statues by Black Peaks. Give that a listen. And also, I think it came out this year. Vile Child by Milk Teeth. That came out this year. So yeah, Vile Child by Milk Teeth, uh, Black Peaks, <clears throat> Statues, Hardware Self Stuck by Metallica, and um, Magma by Gajira. If you like rock music and metal, go and listen to them because they're brilliant. And that's all I want to say about music. Regardless of our feelings, um, I don't just mean ours, I mean like everybody's, regardless of your feelings about the motion picture itself, 2016 gave us Gillian Holtzman. And I don't oh, think that's a bad thing. Yes. I think regardless of whether you enjoyed the Ghostbusters reboot, hated it with a fiery biblical passion, it raped your childhood retroactively, or you thought it was just alright. That's not a thing! People are always like, oh, this new version of this old thing ruined my childhood. No, it didn't! Your childhood's intact, you fools. The fact that your uncle diddled you ruined your childhood. Like, <laughs> things happening now in the present don't spoil the past. Wait, you were it's also fiddled by Uncle Diddle? The Michael Bay Transformers movie didn't ruin my Transformer-loving childhood. Nor my Transformer-loving adulthood. It's bad Transformers. That's it. That's all it is. It doesn't make old Transformers worse. Matt, 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 Matt. 
Good things. Good things about 2016. Good things. Did, breathe nope. in. New Ghostbusters doesn't make old Ghostbusters breathe worse. In. Breathe in. Breathe in, Matt. Breathe in. Breathe in. No. Breathe in. I'm never going to breathe it again. Oh, that's worrying. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Holtzman. And, and And for that matter, introducing us a lot more to um, to the lady behind her, of course. Uh, so, yes. God, what's the actress's name? It's Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Like, that is never a bad thing because it means I think we all paid a little more attention to SNL this year simply to see more Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Which is, and we, you know, the first time anyone's paid attention to SNL in about 20 years, so... Ba-dum, Thank you, thank you. We're here all week. In fact, on that note, 2016 gave us David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> Who is David Pumpkins? His own thing. <laughs> Are the skeletons? Part of it. Oh, okay. Right, cool. um... <laughs> oh, man. Moana, make way, make way, came in late toward the end of the year, but Jesus Christ, that and Zootopia proved that Disney still know what the fuck they're doing. It's been a good year for Disney. <clears throat> it's been a damn good year for Disney by Dingo. Three billion dollars at the box office for Disney this year. Oh my god! Why? So, which which film? Which other two films do you think contributed largely toward that? Hmm. I think a small part of it was this this little uh, indie uh, fantasy movie called Doctor Strange. Hot damn! Yes. Hot the- diggity dog diggity. What you do to me? <laughs> um. <laughs> That was a great little film. The Wand of Watoom was in a movie, Matt. It was basically a remake of <laughs> Iron Man with capes, but I really liked that. Oh my God, it so was. I really enjoyed it for that. <laughs> because I don't know if you remember this, but Iron Man's great. And I think one of the ways that you can improve Iron Man is give it more capes. So I think they really they really did that. I more think, capes I think the and only more twisty inception effects. The only person who would disagree with you would be Edna Mode. But apart from that... <laughs> no capes! <laughs> no, more capes, Edna, more! More capes, please. Facial hair um, bros. <laughs> strong facial hair game, which, you know, was a big part of why I was successful, with strong facial hair game. Uh, strong villain game. Strong, uh, strong villain game was also uh, was also essential for that. Excellent um, visual game. Reasons to actually buy a 3D ticket game. Very strong. Reasons to be cheerful. 2016. Um, hey. But also, they released another a thingamajig uh, earlier in the year. Little um, little event picture called Captain America Mother Fucking Civil War Mother Trucker, you bastards. Civil motherfucking war. How they got that past the census, I'll never know. I'm not sure. I think it's because they made the font really small on those middle words. <laughs> But Civil War was beautiful, Civil taking was its name awesome. and sort of part of the premise, kind of, from the comic book event of the same name. Taking its uh, name and, and the good ideas. They proved the to all competition that if you want us to give a shit about your superheroes being at odds with one another, we need to give a shit about those characters first. And hot damn, like, I've never known a movie where the marketing was based around the whole, whose side are you on? I doubt anybody came out the film going, well, I'm definitively on this side. I think everyone came out going, well, um, I kind of wish they weren't fighting. Because you stop care. Stop fighting! Mom, Dad, stop fighting! Stop um, fighting! Because we got to see the best of everything. We got to see all the characters we've grown to love. We got to see the characters that we, we were introduced to in Age of Ultron who we wanted to know more about. And we got introduced... To two more characters. 
one we are very familiar with being played by a totally new incarnation, new actor, taking a big gamble, and another who could have just been like, oh, is this just another one of your random ones you're throwing in? But hot damn, if Spider-Man and Black Panther weren't the best things about that movie. They, they were just so well introduced and so, so well used in terms of what works for those characters as well. Hey, Warners, do you know why I don't want to see a cyborg movie? Because you just showed me half a torso screaming. Also, no one gives a shit about Cyborg. Cyborg is so dull. Cyborg is so dull! The Teen Titans animated series created the myth that Cyborg is interesting. Cyborg is not interesting. Correction. Cyborg in the Teen Titans cartoon is interesting. That is it. That is it. As of the New 52, he's a founding member of the Justice League. God. And he's still not interested. He has his own solo series as part of Rebirth. And he's still not interested. He's just dull. But He's guess not what? an interesting character. But guess what? You show me T'Challa. You show me his father, his nation. Like the politics behind it, his position as the new king of Wakanda. Not even you much. Show me, you show me him pegging it down a motorway, outrunning cars on his wait, legs. Wait, there was a pegging scene in Civil War and I missed I, it? I don't remember that. Bit. <laughs> I, think, I, think it was bet- I think it was between, as a Tumblr would have you believe, it was probably between Steve and Bucky between uh, the scenes. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, using his, his right. arm stump. But um, oh, <laughs> you, you, you used to put newspapers in your shoes. Is that a euphemism? Um, so, <laughs> but like Black Panther was freaking brilliant, and that, uh, the film ends with you going, "I want to know more about him." Yeah, I want to know more about Black Panther. He was freaking amazing, and also, and I think this this might be if we've not got much left on this list, this might be a beautiful segue into our next um, our next topic. I think it is. But Spider-Man, man. Like, Spider-Man. I've never known something make me so eager to skip a year ahead. Because I want to see Spider-Man Homecoming so Boy, badly. So badly. And I'm not... Boy, I, I, I'll be I. honest. I have a mental firewall up. I've, I've been burned before by Spider-Man movies. But good God, Tom Holland held his own with Downey Jr. Yes. Like, I am eager to see this guy play this character again. And we only have to wait till July the 7th. What have we got coming up this year? Matthew Watson with your magic knees. Well, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming in July. That's what we've got. That's what we've got. Um, I'm very, very excited about it uh, because of what we saw in Civil War Um, and what we've seen in the trailer so far. It looks really, really interesting. And it's, like, it's like a John John Hughes movie with superheroes in it. Yeah, I'd, I, I think I, th- I think it looks like it's striking a really good tone. Whether it whether it sticks to landing remains to be seen, but I'm really really hoping that it does because I really want that movie to be good. Um, what else have we got next year, movie wise? We've got the Lego Batman movie in February. Oh which, shit! Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that's. Gonna, I mean, I know some of the trailers gave you a bit of pause for thought recently, but I. I hope it's good. I'm hoping it's good. Yeah, I um, just, I just want it to, I just want it to, to bathe, to bathe in the we're not taking this remotely seriously pool. No, as soon as that movie starts taking anything seriously, <clears throat> it's, it, then it's failed. Yeah, like Batman needs to be taken down a peg. It's about time. And there's a lot of pegging going on in this podcast. I'm just pointing out, <clears throat> which would be painful in Lego, I imagine. Hey, um, <clears throat> but. 
I mean, then again, they've got four arseholes on the back of their legs. Um, well, true, true. Giggity. But, like, Batman and Batman's fans, I think, and I say this as a Batman fan, but we know the ones I'm talking about, they need to be taken down a notch. They need to be reminded that this, oh, he's so cool because he's, like, beats up nerds and he freaking smacks clones around, doesn't take shit, don't care if he kills people now, he's Batman. It's like, guys, it's an insane billionaire with a traumatic childhood dressed as a rodent punching mental patients. This shouldn't be taken seriously at all. No. And it's about damn time that you can tell serious stories with it and through through like poignancy and relatability and, and its themes make it relatable and, 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 you know, important. But ultimately, Lego Batman, this is what we should be enjoying with Batman. We should be doing the stupid adventures. We should have Joker with an army of villains like Eraserhead and King... And, Bloody um, King Tut and everything. You know I mean? Condiment like, King! Condiment King. Like, that's actually in a film now. That's in a film. I can't bloody wait. Like, I, I have my reservations for the last trailer. The, the fact that they're sort of using Batman v Superman a bit as part of their marketing is a bit odd. But at the same time, bring it the feck on, man. We need this. We need it. Uh, personally, out of February, what I need is John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, I have you seen John Wick? I've still not seen it, and I really want to. It's on Netflix now, isn't it? Well, no. When you get back, we're going to watch John Wick. Me and thee. It's <laughs> um, it's awesome. I can't wait to see another one. Also, Lawrence Fishburne's in it, so you got Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne reunited. Just saying. Um, that's going to happen. Also, uh, a little bit after that in March, we've got Logan. Yeah, we've already talked about it a little bit. So hopefully that's real good. How are we feeling about Kong Skull Island? You know, I'm 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 eager to see Kong Skull Island, mostly because I like me some big ass monster movies, um, and we've not had any that have sort of indulged in the big ass monsteriness in recent years so much. No, no. So it's going to be nice to watch. I, I'm not I'm not like, you know, doing cartwheels yet. But I I the cast interests me. John C. Riley in the last trailer made me go okay. Didn't hmm. see that coming. And you've got John Goodman, you know, you've got Samuel L. Jackson, you've got Hiddleston. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty giddy for some Skull Island. Um one that I, one that we've not really seen anything from, but has got me slightly um eager, is coming out very soon. Like it's coming out in February. So the fact, I don't think we've had a trailer yet, which surprises me. But it's a film called Patient Zero. Uh Patient Zero is basically the story of um uh, sort of an infection, like, you know, mutated zombie rabies kind of virus thing. And one dude who who uh, has the ability to talk to the infected. So it's about them sort of trying to find a cure through him and his infected wife and everything. Um, but the main reason I'm excited for this is our two main cast members are Natalie Dormer, who's pretty damn great. Okay. And Matt Smith. Now, Matt Smith has fallen down the David Tennant trap in recent years of picking eh roles and eh films. But here he is playing the lead character in a sci-fi flick alongside Stanley Tucci and Natalie Dormer. Yeah, get behind that. So I want to see this. I really want to see this because he's a damn fine actor and it'd be nice for him to finally kind of get his, you know what I mean, like his moment. So I hope this is it. I hope Patient Zero is it. Um, and also it makes me slightly chuckle because I'm a massive, sad, pathetic nerd, and Patient Zero makes me think Prisoner Zero. So there is that. 
There is that. That's that's true. <clears throat> are, um, we excited for, are we excited for Train Spotting too? I mm, possibly. I'm, I'm, the trailers have me intrigued, for sure. But it is weird hearing a version of the the monologue from like the original trailers talking about Instagram in the trailer. Yeah, it's really weird. I think if they're smart about making making it relevant to how those characters developed into modern times, then it could be really interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm always up for anything Danny Boyle's got to show us. So let's wait and see. Okay, let's do that. Bye, um, jingle. What else we got? What else we got? I'm going to run through a couple of them real quickly. Um, so shout out if if you wanted to say more about it. Um, uh, we got also coming. We got Beauty and the Beast. Uh, hmm. We got Power Rangers. Uh, hmm. I'm seeing a theme developing. We got Ghost in the Shell. Uh, hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Sorry, I don't know if you heard that, but that was uh, that was my jaw falling to the floor and my penis simultaneously picking it up and putting it back on. Yeah, I thought I thought that was what it was. Um, <laughs> yes, please, a thousand times. Yes, please. Um, can't wait for that. We've also got Alien Covenant. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm um, you know what? I'm getting toward being really excited for that. Actually, since last week, I've watched the trailer a few more times. I'm just like. Oh, the worst that could happen is it'll be like Prometheus, which means it will still have a visually interesting movie. So let's see. By Jing. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Uh, we've got Pirates of the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge. Uh, maybe. No, thank you. Uh, Wonder Woman. I hope that's good. I really uh, hope it's good. I, I wish I was excited for that. I'm just not anymore. I don't think anymore. it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be any good, and I really hope it is, but I don't think it will be. Um, the Mummy. That's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be really terrible. We should see it. Um, Transformers, The Last Night. No, thank you. Stop making them. Please, God, stop making them. You've got Spider-Man Homecoming in July. In July. Huzzah! you got Cars 3. <clears throat> that looks weird and dark. I'm, I'm so thrown off by that. It looks so weird. Yeah, it's very strange. So I we'll, we'll guess we'll see what the deal is with that. <clears throat> In July. Uh, we've got Wolf of the Planet of the Apes uh, in July also. You know what? Yes. Yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed the two entries so far. I am pretty much, like, excited for that one. Bring yeah. it on. Bring it on, damn it! <laughs> we've got the Dark Tower in July. About that freaking time. Slipped my, uh, that slipped under my radar. I'm going to be easy... My ray bar? That's something to my radar. I'm gonna be I'm eager to see what they do with that because I wanna take you to a ray bar. I've read I've read those books. Also in um in September we got it. I know, right? So that will be interesting. Um I'm I'm, I'm just really interested to see what they do with that. Um also Kingsman the Golden Circle, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh no, there's a Friday the thirteenth remake. Again? Yes. The hell? There's yeah, also in, there's also time for Halloween. There's also a film out that month called Logan Lucky, which um, no. I think some people might confuse as a very immediate sequel to Logan. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Saw Legacy. What? Yeah. That's wait. That's down here. Wait. Wait. What? Yeah. When the hell did that slip into existence? I don't know. 
I am one of the few people who kind of likes the Saw films. I don't know if they've if they've and even, even I don't want it this. It's it's. It's it's mentioned on IMDb, but there's no details there. No, but uh, there's no. details for Thor Ragnarok. Production production commenced in in October on Saw. Oh god! Oh god! It's a reinvention of the franchise, oh, according god. to a, a producer. Oh no! Oh no! No! <laughs> oh um, god, no! But it's okay. Is it, is it, is we've this, got Thor Ragnarok coming out this, just after? Is this our own personal test? Are yes. we all living a jigsaw trap? Is that what this is? Yes! Oh god, hello Zep! For Ragnarok! <laughs> yes. Did you read the news today? Confirmed Stephen Strange is in the damn movie. Well, he's the, he's the first listed cast member on IMDb. How bloody cool is that? I'm really, I'm really excited about that. So we're get, basically getting a sort of pseudo-Defenders movie. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> I'm I'm down. I am so down for that. I mean, Christ! I kept. I, I've just remembered Jeff Goldblum's in it. Ah, uh, well, Jeff that's definitely uh, in it. bigger than the last one. Yeah, so that's going to be awesome. That's got to be awesome. It's got to be. If it's not, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry, but then I'll rush out and see Justice League in November. And then cry harder. Hey! But, um... There is an alternate bit... universe where we're excited for that movie, I think. Like, very... like, incredibly excited for it, but I'm not sure where the alternate universe is. It's a fucking alternate universe, I'll tell you that. It's a fucking distant one. Uh, no, no, the thing that I am, that is going to make me cry, and that's finishing off the year, is... Star the Emoji Wars Movie? Eight. Oh, Star Wars Episode Eight! Thank God. See, it's going to make me cry because I'm going to see Carrie Fisher in it and go, "Oh no!" Oh, I know, I know. If that movie doesn't open with a dedication to Carrie Fisher, I'll be disappointed. Well, but I'll still watch what, it. What if it ends with a dedication? I will also accept this. Okay. <laughs> I think it should open with one though because she's important. She goddamn is, goddamn it, motherfucker. Um, but that's the that's the movies we're looking forward to in 2017. Um. What TV have we got coming in 2017? We've got some more Stranger Things coming. We've got The Defenders and Iron yes. Fist. Yes. Oh, Iron yes. Uh, Jingo. We've got um, other things as well. <laughs> what games have we got coming out this year? Uh, nothing amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's out next year. Next year. This year. Yes. This, this year. year. Oh, God. Year. Yeah, Rick and Morty's out at some point, hopefully in the quite near future. Um, oh, we have the PS4 Spider-Man game. That's, that's, that's coming out this year. year. That's not going to come out this you year. You think it's going to get set back? It's, everything gets pushed back, man. Every time you see a release date for something, put six months on it. <clears> like, it's not. It's, that's not coming out this year. Fair dues. I'd like to. I'd love to be wrong because I'd really want to play it. But yeah, it's not coming out this year. Let's, let's see what games are coming out this year that might actually grab us by the doodads. Oh, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Yay, because we need another fill-in for an actual fucking sequel. Yeah, just release Get... Kingdom Hearts 3 already for fuck's sake. God's sake, Square Enix, you bunch of twats. Oh, oh shit. Oh, balls. I did not know this existed. This could be terrible, but apparently for PS4, Xbox One and PC... We are getting in February or January a game called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Battle. I have no idea what it is, but the fact that it's got Mighty Morphin in the title does make me slightly intrigued. Don't want it. 
what if it? What if it's a beat 'em up with all your favourite Megazords from the nineties? Who's making it, Chris? Uh, it's being made by. They don't say. Because if it's Platinum Games, they did oh. awesome with the Transformers game, but they did terribly with the TMNT game. Oh, it's be- it's Bandai Namco, and it's um, a beat 'em up. Oh. Mm. Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. No, the art style's animated. Oh, no, it looks dreadful. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, it's dreadful. Oh, it looks awful. Reverse! I'm... Reverse! Back up! Quick! I mean, it is set... it's set in the early 90s continuity, but it looks dreadful. I take everything back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, games, what are you doing to us? We've got Mass Effect Andromeda coming out this year. The, the, lo- the first spin-off of the series. I love Mass Effect, but I love it because of Shepard and a, get, and a spin-off without Shepard in a different galaxy. I'm not sold on. I well, will, what, I'm, I'm going to wait to see um, what what the reception is to that. Well, what about Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 remixes re-released yet again on the PS4? I, I'll probably yeah? get them because I haven't got the PS3 ones. The PS3 ones will do, give you all you need, really. Just borrow them off me. <laughs> Uh, if I have time to play Kingdom Hearts at any point in the near future, I'll do that. Uh, the Cl- uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I would be more excited for this if it weren't for the fact that I own the previous three and can just play them whenever I bloody want. I I have all three on on PS3. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but oh, Guardians of the Galaxy: The Telltale Series. Burnout on Telltale. Injustice Two. Yeah, that's a game. Fair enough. That's a game that's coming out next year. Marvel, Marvel v Capcom Infinite? That's not a game that's coming out next year. <laughs> I don't think that's going to come out. A Street Fighter Five apparently wasn't very good. Outlast so. 2? Uh, it didn't outlast very long, did it? Hey! <laughs> uh, we've got Res- Resi 7? Is Resi 7 next year? Uh, Resi 7 is indeed... No, hang on. No, I don't believe it is. Cox. Oh. Oh, they fibbed. They fibbed. South Park, the fractured but whole. Hope that's good. Stick of Truth is great. Stick of Truth is amazing. I, I'm yeah. hoping that one's done. The fact they held it back because they wanted to work on it longer makes me happy. Hoping it's not a fluke. Yeah. Ditto. Definitely if not, the script will be great. Um, there's also something called Uncharted The Lost Legacy coming out. That is standalone DLC for Uncharted <clears> 4. <throat> right. Okay. It's a, a spin off. With Chloe and Nadine. Side story with Chloe and Nadine, yeah. Okay, I'm down with that. I'm yeah. down with that. I think that's quite cool. Um, um, yeah, Spy Jingo. Uh, and I think in terms of big titles, that's it. Oh, there's a Destiny sequel. Awesome. Ugh. Not and played ba- Destiny yet. Still get- not played Destiny. It's pretty shit. We're also getting a Battlefront sequel. Here's an idea. Why not just give us a Battlefront with a story mode? Yeah. You have to release it with the campaign. There's no two ways about yeah. it. In 2017, you can't release a Battlefront game without a campaign. That's the main thing people wanted from the first one. If you don't, de- it was the main. It was the. It was the big thing missing from the first one, like and and criminally so. If you don't deliver that, you're just showing open contempt for your customer base. Which, to be fair, EA are quite happy to do. They do it all the fucking time. Yeah. But I would like to think that they have at least some respect for people who are paying money for these games. EA Sports. Doesn't matter, we've got your cash. EA Campaigns. It's not in the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a re- there's a reason why I waited for it to be a tenner before buying damn it. Damn that's probably the right price, price to pay. For for £10, Battlefront is a damn good game. For retail price, uh, uh, you know, for original price, not so much. 
It's fucking awful. Especially um, when during the January sales on PlayStation Network, all the DLC for like the Ultimate Edition still would bring it up to about 50, 60 quid in my cash. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It's so stupid. So It's bullshit. All of it. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. But fuck Battlefront. And fuck 2017. It's shit. I've decided it's not even started yet. <laughs> oh, Matt. All um, will be well when the Emoji Movie comes tell out. Me, oh, no. Right, okay. Before we move on to questions... Tell me about the Emoji Movie so I can go into the questions with fresh rage. So I've just... Oh, God, that's worrying. Fresh I've pur- rage. Pur- I've purposely avoided anything about the Emoji Movie because it just depresses me that it exists. But when looking at the list of films coming out this year, it caught my eye again, and I've given it a click. The synopsis is just one line. This is the plot, all right, of the Emoji Movie. Yeah. Here we go. Come on, hit me with it. The film will centre... On Gene, a multi-expressional emoji as he sets out on a journey to become a normal emoji. Sorry, I just died. I mean, the fuck? What does that mean? Is it going to basically be like, oh, he's always changing his expression. You need to be one thing. And in the end, he's going to learn that, no, we can all be whatever we want to be. Oh, it's the moral of the story. And the whole film apparently takes place within a phone. I, oh, uh, I can't. I can't actually manage that, Chris. I can't actually cope. I can't. I've never wanted a movie to die before. It's killed me. But... You've actually killed me. Well done. Congratulations. You've done what the you've done what all the grease and shit and lack of exercise <clears throat> couldn't, and you've actually killed me. <laughs> I'm dead now. I'm speaking to you from beyond the grave, and it's just you've actually killed me. <laughs> did you just become John Lumick for a yeah, second? Yeah, did what of it? Um, <laughs> Sometimes, occasionally, you just become John Lumick, don't you? It just happens. It, just, it happens to us all. Um, look, let's talk about things that people have sent us. Okay. Is it pictures of the shit emoji? No, it's more. It's more photoshops of of of, uh, of um uh what's his name as the fit as the as the doctor um pie in the sky man. Mr. Dursley. <laughs> what was he called? What was he called? Richard. Pie in the sky. Richard. Um, oh, he's he's, he's Dursley. Mr. Dursley in Harry Potter. What was he called? Oh, Richard. Griffiths. Um, Richard Griffiths. Griff- Griffiths. Richard Griffiths. That's the one. Oh, God. Right. First off. <laughs> Lewis Christian. Hey, views may or may not be endorsed. Um, <laughs> hello, Christopher the Johnson and Matthew the Watson. Um, happy big damn New Year! That's all in different colours, so I tried to give each word a different um, uh, inflection. Um, before I get on to my proper Doctor Who questions, how's this for a bit of fun? Each of you should think of a Peter Capaldi episode that you don't like, and then the pair of you must each think of a big damn positive thing you liked about said episode. As an example, oh, I hated Death in Heaven, but I loved the brief scene of Capaldi raging in the TARDIS alone, hitting the console when he was duped about the return of Gallifrey. <laughs> go, go, go! Go, go! Oh, God, do I have go. one? I hate most of his episodes. Um, Alright, 
A Husband's a River Song is pretty dire, but there's a lovely scene in it where he has to pretend that he's never seen the TARDIS before. So he, he basically reacts to it the way he's essentially always wanted to hear it. That's kind of fun. Okay. Okay. But that's about it. I hate most of his era. So, yeah, that's a tough one. How's about you, big boy? Um, <laughs> what's the episode with the the, the, the the monsters that are just out of sight that you never see? Uh, and, and, and Danny Pink's answer... Uh, Descendant in space. Uh, listen, listen, I, I listen is rubbish, but I really, really like that scene where he's talking to young Danny Pink in the orphanage, and there's something under the cover. It's, even though that scene's made, that scene makes no sense in the context of the episode because it turns out to be nothing, or, or yeah. does it? But the actual <clears> scene <throat> itself is is really tense and creepy. And I think Capaldi does it's directed job. really yeah. well, and it's a, it's a proper spooky idea. But then yeah. they just shit that idea out and do nothing with it. Yeah, um, pretty much. So yeah, that's that's which is the you know, it's it's the Capaldi era in a run. It's a bunch of great ideas and some great actors. Then they do nothing with. Um, and now <laughs> onto my proper Doctor Who questions. Um, so get you reluctant. Does that mean? Does that mean this is the first Matt and Chris reluctantly answer Doctor Who questions of twenty seventeen? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, what? There's four questions here. One: Which are your favourite and least favourite console rooms? Oh, um, favourite. Oh shit! Uh, it's probably a tie between um, 2005 because it blew my freaking mind when I first saw yeah. it. I was like, oh god, they've done it like this, and I've got a huge soft spot for the TV movie. Because what an interesting idea that after all those years he'd suddenly go, sod it, I'm going to make it into a giant library. Yeah, why not? Because um, it's sort of, you know, it's as much as I love the original design, it is his way of going, sod it, I'm going to make it into a giant library. Mm-hmm. Um, and least favourite? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess not because I dislike it, but because it just is the one that feels the most odd. Probably the secondary console room from Tom's era. I don't think it's bad, but See, all that wood is just really unusual. I that's think. my favourite. Fair dues. That's my favourite one. I don't know I, why. I can, to- I can totally get why. I can totally see why it could be a favourite, because it kind of fits that gothic sort of sort of victorian era that they were starting to go into at that point with the Hinchcliffe stuff and everything. It was just so odd. So it's, a very, it's a very sort of it's like Sherlock Holmes' study yeah. kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Which, which which works nice for that era, but I think when you look at them all in a row, it is it just sticks out like a sore thumb in a really odd way. Yeah. My my least favorite is probably the current one, <clears throat> not because it, it, I think it's just it's very cold. Yes, like the, the it wasn't, it wasn't one was the first stark, time, but they didn't feel cold. Whereas this one is very busy, but it feels cold. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it felt that way the very first time we saw it. It's reveal in the snowmen when we first saw it, it was like oh shit, yeah, yeah, that looks amazing. Especially because he goes in and it just just lights up, and you get the "I am the Doctor" like the undercurrent, dun, 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 dun. and he sort of shows it off. It's like this is the TARDIS, and uh, it's a time machine, and it's mine. And you're just like, yeah, it is, yeah, it is, boy. And then it just becomes this horrible room that we see far too much of now because budget. So yeah. Oh God. Oh, Matt, oh, God. I've got a better question for you. Um, is it 
Would you like to motorboat someone? Michael Wisher, David Goodison, Terry Malloy, or Julian Bleach, and why? Michael Wisher. Um, closely followed by Bleach, just because I think they're the creepiest Davroses. But honourable mention to D- Terry Malloy for just being loud and brash and scary. Yeah. Terry's scary, but Michael and Julian are creepy. And I really like that. Yeah, I think Terry's Terry's my favourite because it it I just There's more of him there's more of him to yeah, enjoy. There's, there's as more well. of him to enjoy and I think it's a more rounded portrayal. Um Michael and Julian know are wonderfully creepy. <laughs> David Gibson is almost entirely forgettable as is the rest of Destiny of the Daleks. Um <laughs> But look, that Dalek's got bloody um, paracetamol strapped round. No it. one cares. Stop writing Dalek <laughs> stories. Um, stop it. Uh, next question: Eric Roberts, Derek Jacobet, John Sim, or Michelle Gomez? Uh, I feel that's a trick question because I think we'd all want to say Derek Jacoby, but there isn't enough really to to compare. Um, out of those three, John Sim. Out of those three. <laughs> Yeah, um, out of those three, John Sim, because because Utopia, oh, lost the th- Sound of Drums, and Lost the Time Lords is Chris, great. There's four. There's four people there. Oh no, no, I'm not having Jack. Oh right, okay, okay. I thought you were too little. I thought you were discounting one of them. No, I can't. I can't include him because he's brilliant. Um, he's just, you know. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't, don't know. hate Michelle Gomez, and I don't hate the idea of a female master. But it's poorly. I just ta- it's poorly written. Yeah, it's poorly. Written. I, d- I don't hate. I don't hate the idea of a female master. I don't hate Michelle Gomez. Actually, I just hate Missy. I actually really like Michelle Gomez, and I don't mind Missy so much. I just think the stories are bad. Um, yeah. But I think I have to give it to John Sim just because there's not enough for Jack Jackabet. Eric Roberts is fuck awful if entertaining, and while I like the concept of Missy and I like Michelle Gomez, it's just not very well executed. Plus, Sim had to match Tenant. Sim's master was bent, meant to be Tenant's dark reflection. Yeah. So he, he he did that really well. He was that big manic gung ho like Alon Z kind of presence. And, and even in even in the end of time, like the sort of the ridiculous, you know, like the whole like meets red hot blood, all that. Like he goes for it. He really goes for it, and it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, he does that, does Sim. Um, John Sim. Uh- Let's let's have some warm milk and bitch about the industry. Who the fuck is John Sim? John Sim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, acting. Um, <laughs> you thought I was asleep, didn't you? <laughs> acting. Um, oh God. Uh, and finally, from Lewis, which one-time character from the RTD era would you have liked to see take a trip in the TARDIS? For an episode, <clears throat> my answer is Brannigan from Gridlock. <laughs> um, if it weren't for the fact that her death is an important part of that story in terms of the Doctor's character... Linda with a Y. Adelaide... <laughs> no, oh. although yes, now you've said it, yeah, I thought Linda, you were with say Linda with a Y would be great. No, I was going to say Adelaide Brooke. Oh, yes. But now you've said Linda with a Y, that would actually be brilliant. Um... Then again, as daft, this might be a terrible decision, but Malcolm, Lee Evans from Planet of the That's Dead. That's a terrible decision. It is, but just imagine if that was like that was their like Children in Need or Comic Relief short one year. Yeah, but what? A... He just sort of like as a thank you, just took him on a short trip, because then you could get away with it being a one-off little adventure and not 
it wouldn't feel weird, you know, like putting in a weirdly comedic character that doesn't belong there in as a series regular, making it feel really awkward. And isn't this weird? Look at that funny man in the stupid coat. You know what? Anyway. You know what one-time character I think they should have taken in the TARDIS? Go on. Go on. Um, that uh, shouty uh, wedding girl from the Christmas special. The shouty wedding? Yeah, the shouty bride from the Christmas special. <clears throat> it's just turn, oh dear. You know, the, you know the lady who had a sketch show? And she does characters. Oh God, Matt. <laughs> Matt, is this... It, I keep forgetting you had that massive uh, drug-fueled blackout oh, in 2008, God. didn't you? Oh, they did it. They did it. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I just... I was just... I, I came over all a bit. Um, so I did a bit. Uh, cheers, boys, <laughs> says Lewis. Lots of love, the person with the opinions you may or may not endorse. We'll always endorse them. Quick one from Mitchell Radford. Maybe. In and out. I like your style, Mitchell. In and out. Giggity. Um... What do you guys think of Delta and the Bannermen? Uh, which one's Delta and the Bannermen? That's the one with Ken Dodd and the the biker who was supposed to. Be oh, his and then wasn't. Oh, his. I finally I finally watched that for the first time about a year and a half ago. I sat down with uh, our old friend Father Christmas. Oh yeah, and uh, and he, he he showed me uh, Sylvester's first series, which I'd never watched in its entirety. I've only seen um, Delta and Dragonfire. That's all I've seen. Yeah. Oh yes. So, so we watched Time and the Rani. Uh, Paradise Towers. Oh, no, I've seen Paradise Towers. Of course, I forgot. I forgot Paradise yeah. Towers. Uh, Delta and the Bannermen and um, and uh, Dragonfire. Oh, it's only time with the Rani. I haven't seen that. That's just... okay. Okay, I'll, I'll get on that. <clears throat> Save yourself. <laughs> Never do it. Um, that first series is dreadful, and I remember Delta and the Bannermen. But Delta and the Bannermen being sort of like an interesting idea, but terribly executed because of kind of I suppose the budget and the holiday camp kind of vibe. Uh, although there's that brilliant bit which I turn into a vine where he's he's feeling the floor around the TARDIS and a lady gets his attention he turns around Sylvester quite obviously grabs her breast <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I, I put I made it into a vine because I wanted to capture it forever wonderful it's brilliant well, then vine died so um, you can't do it and also it, it, it's, it's the epitome of where you can see John Nathan Turner did some great things for the show but let's face it this might be a bold claim, and I don't mean this in exact parallels, but he was the Moffat of the original run, in that he made some decisions where you're like, really? 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 The difference is, it, he didn't seem to have a contempt for the show. Unlike Moffat, he wanted to leave and couldn't do it without killing the show. Yeah. So, well, yeah, there is that. So. Um, but that episode, like having Ken Dodd in this random role in the first part and all this, it's like, what is going on? This is odd. Like the whole idea of we put celebrities in, more people might tune in, but then they put in really odd celebrities. Yeah, it was really strange. It was really, really strange. Bloody weird. No one else wanted to be in it. Um, Delta and the Bannerman is bobbins, and I have little to no opinion about it. So I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, yeah, what do you, What do you think of the movie? I have little to no opinion. <laughs> um, Tom, hello, Tom. Tom Monty. Tom Monty says, "Hey Chris and Matt, happy 2017. I hope you had a lovely 2016 send-off party. We did, but not together, sadly. Um, after watching last week's podcast, I really agree with you on your series 10 trailer thoughts. The extra special itself doesn't deserve a mention. Uh, As Bill looks like the most obnoxious piece of work, all of the lines are so, were so childish and cringy to behold. Here are a few of my personal favourites. I'm Bill. I serve chips. What a ripoff of Rose in School Reunion. I'm not sure that's entirely fair. Uh, he's a professor or a lecturer, as I like to call him. Dr. Watt. Yeah, I hate that shit. It's like, uh, 
kitchen. Well, I talking think, about the I think that's where I think that's where the school reunion parallels come in because in the yeah. same trailer we find out not only does she work in the canteen, but either someone who works at the same place or one of her lecturers is the doctor in disguise. Yeah. That is a yeah, bit like, come on, we've seen this in an untouchable, perfect, bloody episode. Mm. Yeah, I watched School Reunion because it was on, I was just flicking through TV and it was on the other day and uh, a couple of weeks back and I was like, oh yeah, this is actually a great fucking episode. It's really good. Um, remember when the sh- That's my cheer up one. <laughs> Whenever I feel really miserable about the show, I put School Reunion on and I instantly feel better. Remember when the show was good? Um, <laughs> can I use the toilet? What? That's a, uh, that's a line that she say. You may have noticed that's the majority of her lines seen in the trailer, so they all feel so forced. Not to mention her annoying accent and the way she exclaims, Get in! I don't know if that's how she says it, but I don't care. Uh, well, I guess I can only blame Moffat. Uh, I think that's a little unfair, because it's out of context, but I, I understand your concerns, and I share some it's of not, them. It's not the best showcase it of is not. what's is not. to come. It's, it's trying to get us excited with mm. stuff that's mostly loud and obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apologies for that rant but I've had enough of her after one trailer how do you think she'll be killed off at the end of the series assuming she's leaving I personally would love to see her get in the way of 12 when he's regenerating so that Capaldi can kill her with his regeneration rays of light by accident of course <laughs> this would be a unique way of getting rid of her and something we've never seen before maybe it's just me I think it's just you that one Tom I have no I have no desire to see the Doctor Killer companion um, even by accident but um... you don't even know what a Asbill Asbill is As-Bill? do you Bill yeah, I don't. I don't know if we'll just throttle her to death with regenerating hands. I don't know if we'll see. I don't know if we'll see her stay on after the end of season uh, season ten. So we'll, we'll, is it season ten? It's season ten, isn't it? God, I've lost yeah, track. Oh um, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not. If they kill her off, they kill her off. If they do, if they don't, they don't. But I've no desire to see her die horribly. Um, I don't desire to see anyone die horribly. Um. Except for Nardole. Nardole's Nardole swimming in the ocean. Did you watch Sherlock on New Year's Day? Nope. If so, nope. what did you think? I don't. No. Nope. Personally, <laughs> personally, I think it was probably my least favourite episode ever because I would have liked to have seen a bit more crime solving and a bit less 007 James Bond spy action. Yeah, that's something I heard about it. And I, yeah, that's not what Sherlock <clears throat> Holmes is. So that, I think that's... Well, well, that's well Mark Gates... watch it because I'm not that interested in what it is. Well... Mark Gatiss wrote an open letter to The Guardian in response to their critic, who mentioned that the action was a bit too prominent for their liking. There was basically a little poem listing sort of several times where he does sort of get his, his you know, his hands dirty in the books. Um, and it was sort of like a slightly sarky, but, you know, kind of amusing way of going. I think you'll find he does, you know, have fist- When it comes to fisticuffs, he will chime in. Yeah, yeah. But... That isn't the show they've given us for three seasons. So for it to suddenly be like that, I can understand why people are annoyed about it. It's like, it happened in the books. Well, why haven't you done it before, guys? Like, tonally, that's going to be pretty jarring if people are expecting a battle of wits and not a battle of fists. So it is an odd one. I have no desire to watch it, which I find really odd considering, like, my favourite episode of Sherlock, bizarrely, is in series three, which is definitely the weakest of the series. And it's the last one with Magnuson. I really like how that is dealt with. Like the tension of that episode felt like a, a step up from the year before when they were trying to prove who Moriarty really was, etc. And were basically never going to do it. Like he had them completely trapped at his mercy. And that was great. And the Magnuson episode felt like they took that to another extreme. Yeah. 
But apparently, because I've still not seen The Abominable Bride, <clears throat> apparently the drugs he took for that hallucination to happen in Abominable Bride were taken a day before that story begins, which means that during the end of the third episode of Series 3, retroactively, they've decided that he was high as fuck on opium. Awesome. Which means that none of his decisions and actions actually make sense in that episode now. So they've gone back and ruined the episode I thought was the strongest. I have no desire to watch any of this series at this all. This is exactly why I don't watch Sherlock anymore. I just don't understand. Right. And b- before Sherlock fans go, of course you don't, you're not clever enough. Fuck off, that should yeah, never be an excuse. That is not an excuse. Television should be entertaining, it should be thought-provoking, it shouldn't be a, well, I guess if you don't get it, you're not very clever then, are you? Like, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a bullshit. Nonsense. Um, <clears throat> Favourite of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and why? Mine is Fellowship Ooh. because it feels the most nostalgic, it's just something about the Shire that triggers a lovely warm feeling in my mind. Uh, I think I'd probably go with Two Towers... Yeah, I agree. I agree. Two Towers for me. Yeah. I think just because the set pieces are pretty damn phenomenal. But it's a, it's a, such a strong trilogy. Like it, it's yeah, they're all great. They're all great. Bye, Jingo. Yes. Bye, Jiminy. Um, have either of you caught up on any more Black Mirror? No. If so, no, we still haven't. Have but we? But I've got I've got some time off coming up, so I'm going to try and, and power through it then. Uh, if so, thoughts. Forgive me if you haven't watched it. Uh, why would we forgive? It's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> um, we will share some thoughts when we have them. Don't worry. Uh, thank you for asking. What was your favourite episode and why? <laughs> See previous question. Uh, I've said this before, but my favourite was Shut Up and Dance. Yeah, I hear good things about Shut Up and Dance. That's the next one I've got to watch. So um, Yeah, same. Man. I will give yeah. it a go. I also hear um, really good things about San Perro. That's the one everyone kind of loves about that season. So we'll see. Yeah, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that the one where the, uh, the... Is that the one with the soldiers? No... No, okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know, I haven't seen it. Well, I guess we'll find out. Same here. Um, but hey, okay, two more emails to go, and then we'll be out of your ear holes for another week. Here's Jacob! <laughs> Hello, Chris and Matt. Madam, what year is this? It's 2017. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Madam, what year is this? It's 2017. Ooh, reference to my favourite Doctor Who story. And hopefully it's better than 2016. I haven't done anything geeky uh, except have the usual urge to watch The Princess Bride, which I haven't watched for years. Princess Bride is great, Jacob. Good work. Uh, oh, I forgot I watched Sherlock. It was good, but I have a minor complaint. Well, not a complaint. It's a constructive criticism. Uh, why can Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss write a decent episode of Sherlock, but then things like The Return of Doctor Mysterio and Sleep No More are written by the same people? It doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, I digress. Well, I think Mark Gatiss might be the uh, the mitigating factor in that. <laughs> um before I get Doctor Who questions, I want to thank slash ask Fist for that wonderful song he sung me for last episode. And when will it be on iTunes? <laughs> we'll get working on it, Chris. Um, um, yeah, we, we, need, we need to find a way to uh, have it distributed so all the prof- proceeds go to charity. Uh, a very important charity known as Matt and Chris. I haven't seen each other for ages and would probably uh, benefit from having a curry night. So yeah, yeah, I think that's it. A- all, proceeds, all proceeds will go toward... Large silver trays filled with arse explosion fluid. Hey! A pre arse explosion fluid. Arse explosion causing fluid, not arse explosion consequence fluid. <laughs> that's, the, oh. that's the way around that goes. So I'm just getting funny looks uh, from my, my partner because she's eating in the corner. Huzzah! Uh, and she hates me for the things I say. Um, <laughs> as well as she should. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now for Doctor Who questions. 
You guys haven't really talked about your thoughts on BBC TV's The Doctor Who's Series 9. So could you please do a quickly do a roundup of each episode? Um, I can't right now because I... I One, I didn't watch it all. Um, and two, I don't <coughs> have any thoughts really about it other than it was generally bad. Tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. I mean, can you get the list in front of you of the season nine episodes? Uh, I can with a little bit of googling. One sec. Um, as a as a man as a man who sat through the whole damn thing, I will give you my um, one word description of each episode to sum it up. That should hopefully satiate all right, all right. the Lord Jacob by Jingo, because I sat through it, Jacob. Uh, and good right. God, uh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, so if you're including a Christmas special, it goes Last Christmas. Disappointing. Bobbins. Uh, Magician's Apprentice. Uh, arse. Bobbins. The Witch is Familiar. Shit. Bobbins. Under the Lake. Not entirely terrible. Yeah, interesting premise. Before the Flood. Let Down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Girl Who Died. Dreadful. I wish she did. The woman who lived. Awful. Yes. The Zygon invasion. Ugh. The Zygon inversion. Ugh. Sleep no more. Not as bad as everyone says. Yeah, I actually didn't mind sleep no more. Uh, I don't know, did I actually... Sleep, sleep no more had the giant thing that was terrible about it. Well, aside from the questionable casting of Bethany Black in a role that was sort of kind of insulting. No, I tell a lie, um, I didn't watch Sleep No More, so I must be thinking about a different episode. I didn't watch it. Ah, uh, Monsters made of the sleep in your eye, dreadful, but the actual first-person found footage structure and the Reese Smith wraparound narration work really well, so uh, not as bad as everyone thinks. I haven't seen Sleep No More. Uh, Face the Raven. Uh, I... Not seen it. It was it, it. it was I... It was eight. Uh, okay. Heaven sent. Pretty damn great till the last four minutes. I agree. I agree. Heaven sent was like. Hang on. Uh, hang on. The last. The last two minutes. Last two minutes. Yeah. The, the montage was great. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, hell bent. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think what the be- afterbirth. <laughs> Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, and I suppose we also have to include the Husbands of River Song. Ars again. Ars two. Electric Poogaloo. Cool. That sounds about <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it was. A, I didn't like series nine. <laughs> it was a generally bad series. Um, After every series, when I eventually get the box set, I I always binge it. That sort of week, I get the box set. Um, series eight. I got some Amazon vouchers for my birthday, so a couple months after it came out, I I finally bought the Blu-ray, and I binged it, and I went, I don't despise this series, but there's not much I would revisit here at all. I don't despise this series, but I wish it would fuck off. Yeah. And then Series 9 I didn't even buy, I was given it as a gift by a friend. Um, Not even on Blu-ray, so it's, 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 it's the odd one on my shelf, it sticks out, because there's suddenly a DVD. Um, I don't even... No, I tell a lie, I have opened it because I watched the fan show featurette on there. Um, but I have no desire to, to watch it. It's really weird. It's really bloody weird. <sighs> and, I, and, I, and I used it to watch Husbands of River Song, but apart from yeah. that... Yeah. 
Diona? Yes, Diona? 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 Yes, very sad, very sad, very sad state of affairs for the show right now. Um, would you rather live in the Doctor Who universe or the Doctor Who unitard? Just to clarify, there is no difference except that uh, me and you guys rule over the Doctor Who unitard. Killing there isn't really any difference. Um, I'd rather live in the Doctor Who unitard because I'm one unitard and they're quite comfortable. Um... <laughs> I've been wearing tights for six weeks, yeah. so the unitard probably wouldn't be that much different. Unitards are very comfy. <laughs> um, are there any classic slash new who stories everybody likes but you don't? For me, it would be State of Decay. I can't even stand. I can't stand State of Decay in my uh, opinion. It's shite, and also Blink. It's good, but not that good. Um, I agree that Blink shouldn't be the gateway episode. No, Blink's good. Everyone always says that's the one you should show people to get them interested, yeah. but no, because it isn't. It's not a sample of what the show's like. No, it's an anomaly. But it is. It is good. Um, um, it's pretty damn great because life is short and you are hot. Like it's pretty damn great, but it's not. It's not your introductory episode. I don't think. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess. I can't really think of one. I, like of a, a classic I, one. I, I'm like, oh, everyone says that's great, and I can't stand it. Not so much classic. No, I mean, pe- people go on. People say things like, oh, you know, the um, what do you call it? Uh, survival's really good, and I'm like, it is. It's fine. I don't think it's... But I think, it, I think it's held slightly more on a pedestal because of the fondness of it being the last one. It's like, yeah. well, at least they went out on a pretty good one. But I'd, I'd argue that Sylvester's second and third series, all in all, are pretty damn great. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 a weird one. I don't think there are any classics that... I don't get... Oh, oh I, I tell a lot. Okay, here's one. Okay. Um, I do love Talons, Talons of Wang Chiang, but it could be an episode or two shorter. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go with that, because I really like Talons. Yeah. But... Uh, and same with the War Games. The War Games is always heralded, but let's be honest, everyone loves it for the last two episodes. The War Games is great, but it's way too long. <clears throat> yeah, it's ten bloody it's acts. so like, the... long. It's not bad, and I think it, I th- I'd love to watch the War Games weekly. I'd love, to, I'd love to watch one episode a week for ten weeks and experience it that way, because I think I'd enjoy it more. Mm. Um but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Bye, Jingo. As for modern stories, yeah, the other day, writing t- notes for Time Team the other day, well, a couple of weeks ago now, well, a few, about a month and a half ago now, actually, um, I did uh, Impossible Impossible Astronaut and went, this is a pretty strong opener, actually. Yeah. And then and then did Day of the Moon and went, oh my God, this is everything I hate about it currently. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this is really weird. Yeah, I know what you mean. The episode nosedives into arse. It's really strange. Sounds kinky. Uh, yeah. personally Jacob's answers uh, personally for me I loved Love, Love and Monsters would be one I can't stand Love and Monsters uh, Silver- I think it's a great 45 minutes of telly I just don't think it's a great Doctor Who Silver <laughs> Nemesis is evidently shite but I like it yeah I'll go for that the, yeah yeah the TV movie is one uh, I I have a soft spot for that it gives me warm fuzzies oh no sorry like, these are ones that, that people don't like that, that other people do um, oh, oh, I like the, the TV. The, yeah, no, the, 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 the people don't like, but we do. Oh, um, well, the TV movie is pretty. Is it isn't great, but it makes me happy. No, I don't. I think so. more people are like oh, on the TV movie. The Happiness Patrol. Uh, do people love? Do people hate the Happiness Patrol? <clears throat> Happiness Patrol is okay, I right? Don't know. Um, Silver Nemesis. Uh, yeah, people hate Silver Nemesis. I actually quite like Silver Nemesis. It's terrible. I, I, it's I really bad, but I quite I like I, it. I, I see why people don't like it, and I, it's not one I'm like regularly watching. But I, I enjoyed it when I watched it. So. Yes, 
Um, what else? Do you guys have memories of watching Rose? As personally, I don't have a memory like a. <laughs> I have a memory like a seven. Was only three. The first Doctor Who memory I have is either watching Day of the Daleks in late two thousand six or two thousand seven, or watching Army of Ghosts or the Christmas Invasion. But I could be making those up. Um, yeah, we both remember it. And also, God damn, you just made us feel old. Um, yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember tuning into Rose and being really excited for it. And in fact, if you'd like to hear our complete thoughts on that, if you're on iTunes right now, scroll further down this podcast feed, good sir. Yes, of course. And go and go, go and listen to Nineties Ten Boomtown. Yeah, and, uh, and and you will hear our stories. In fact, go listen to the whole Nineties Ten yeah. whilst watching Series One. They're again. all really good. They're all really good. Huzzah! Um. <laughs> Sorry the email's a bit internal monologue. That's fine, Jacob. Don't worry about it. Lots of love, Jacob. Thank you for getting in touch, as always. Jacob, uh, the magical man with magical knees and a magical eye. Last one! Um, <laughs> last one. Uh, this is from Luke. Um, Luke? Hey, Chris and Matt. Hope you and all the listeners had a merry and restful Christmas and parted hard on New Year's Eve through to New Year's Day. Yes, yes, we did. Um, yes. Oh, only one question today, <laughs> though it may be a bit late, but I celebrate Ukrainian Christmas, which is this week, so it doesn't really matter to me, but what would a Christmas Christopher Eccleston Christmas special look like if you were to write it? All the best, Luke, a big damn fan. P.S. I hope you like the Doctor Who spin-off posters I designed based off your answers to my last questions. Sorry for the black and white, but it covers up some of the more hideous photoshopping. They look real cool. And they're from Bye, Jingo. And they're from the Unitard of Doctor Who, which I quite appreciate. Um, but they're on the email, Chris. You should have a, you should have a, a good old look at them. There's one for your Ian, Ian Chesterton spin-off. And another, <laughs> and a, and another for our, our, our uh, old companion spin-off. Um, I shall gaze upon them lovingly by Jing. Yeah, they look quite fun. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, to finish up this podcast, a uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston Christmas special. Um, it's just... it. Right, so picture the scene. I'm picturing the scene. It's me in my house. <laughs> and... And... <laughs> I've got, I've got like, it's Christmas Day, and I'm like, oh, I've just made Christmas dinner, and everyone's come around, they've had a lovely time, they've all gone home now. Oh, but I've got all these leftovers. Oh, oh, I can't eat them all myself. And then there's a knock at the door, and it's Christopher Eccleston. I don't mean the doctor, I mean Christopher Eccleston. And he, and he says, hello. And I say, hiya, mate. You're right there, Christopher Eccleston, the real Christopher Eccleston. And he says, "Aye, as it happens, yeah. Um, just wondered uh, if you've got any leftovers. I'm feeling a bit peckish. Yeah, come on in, mate. And we sit at the kitchen table and we drink beer and we eat leftovers. And he tells me lots of stories about making Bob and Rose. <laughs> which, I, which, which I don't think he was in, but he tells me stories about it all the same. <laughs> well, you know, he's got friends in the industry. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Russell probably told him something. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. I could ask him about the second coming. I could ask him about Shallow Grave, but no, I want to ask him about a project he wasn't in. <laughs> and we'll have a lovely chat, and then we'll sit down, and we'll probably watch, um, I don't know, a, a, a nature documentary or something. Chris, ask him about Gone in sixty seconds. No. <laughs> We will, we will stick on a Manchester United highlights DVD from the mid two thousand. Excellent, excellent. 
Yeah, that's good. One. And and we'll we'll semi watch it, and then we'll make out. So, what about you, Matt? What's your Christmas um, special? Um, I want him in like <clears throat> Victorian Christmas, but think he already did that. Like in Quiet Dead, I kind of already did that. But I just quite like I like the imagery from that episode of of him in the Victorian period, and I think I think the BBC do that stuff really well. So some kind of Victorian yeah. framed uh, Christmas well, story. Well, well, let's say let's say he had a second season, and this is his second Christmas special. So there's enough times happened between Unquiet Dead and this for you to do another story in that sense. I think you'd go for some kind of Dickensian Christmas. It's it's a tired trope, but I think you go for some kind of Dickensian Scrooge esque Christmas story. Well, having having catch up with um having catch up with your old pal uh, your old pal Charles Dickens. Yes. Or oh shit, do something like a Christmas Carol, the Matt Smith special, but with Eccleston's Doctor, that kind of planet setting. Yeah, possibly. Where it's 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 like sort of steampunky pseudo Victorian sci-fi. That could work. Yeah. But I do actually really like genuine Victoriana. Um, I think I think Unquiet Dead just put it in my head, and it's just an image that has stuck with me. Of, of him in that sort of period. I think I think it's a really good fit. Um, I think the Clockwork Man did it on the novels as well. Aye. Um, Aye. I, think it's a, I just think it's a really good fit and I'd love to see some more Dickens, Dickensian stuff with him. I think, it's a, I think it's, a, it's a really good fit for that version of the Doctor. So I'd have liked to see something like that. That's why I'd write. Hot damn, sir. Hot damn. Hot damn. Well, Chris. And to all... A hot damn. It looks like that's it for another episode of The Big Damn Cast. The first Big Damn Cast of 2017. Yes, we must go now to prepare our plumbuses <laughs> and repurpose our schleem for later batches. <laughs> oh, I really hope Big Damn Cast... Uh, big Damn Cast? I really hope Rick and Morty comes out soon. Um, well, that means we can do a Big big Damn Cast Rick and Morty special. A, Rick and, a, a Big Damn Rick. Oh my god, Big Damn Tiny Rick! Big Damn Tiny Rick! Um, Tiny Rick! This is not a dance! <laughs> I was just going to do the same fucking thing! Um, I'm dying of that in the garage! Um, oh my god. Yes. Right, well, speaking of which, I'll come save you because next week's episode, drums please. Yes. We'll be recording in the same room! This song's by the Pogues. Please don't sue. Hey! Yes, amazing times are going to be had. Um, but we'll talk about that, me and thee, Next week. Yes. Next week. Um, when you're back in the, back in the game. Um, as always, lovely people, thank you for listening and indulging my and Christopher's uh, deep, deep, uh, troubles um, <laughs> please do get in touch uh, bigdamncontact at gmail.com at bigdamncast on twitter keep an eye out for some announcements regarding some new content coming soon we'll have more to talk mm-hmm. about with that uh, in the next couple of weeks um, so we're bringing you more than just the big damn cast um, and you know happy 2017 happy new year be good to each other I'm Jerry Springer, and we'll see you next. Well, we won't see you. You'll hear us. You'll hear us next week.
<laughs> Say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. <laughs> Oh, my God.